0: Today, we continue on uh, with our study on the book of Genesis, chapter 10 and 11. Um, the, the title of our study is Weaving Through, Weaving Through. And this is a story uh, definitely about God and his continued unfolding of the salvation story of Jesus Christ. Through the repopulation of the earth from Noah's sons, Shem, Japheth, and Ham, and how we look at this story as one of many parts to which would come the Word made flesh into the world. Yes. Hello, Cafe Sola. God's blessing to you this day. Yes, today is with us, Thursday. One of my, um, Thursday, one of my favorite bands back in the day. Thursday? Um, great band. Um, anyways, uh, happy Thursday. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Cafe Sola. And hopefully this goes well with you. I uh, just uh, studied this last night with the folks here at Faith Lutheran in Moorpark, California. But uh, for you, hopefully this is fresh on my mind. And as you know, it's always different in a sense of uh, of... Like putting up this outline for you. This is what I do not usually do for the Bible study. So it always kind of, the way to which the message comes out, it always kind of differs in its execution here, the follow-through. But I think we'll probably get to the same same, uh, focus here, and that's, of course, Jesus. So uh, thank you for joining me. Why don't we Begin with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time as you, by your grace, by your handiwork, that you weave through giving to us our Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, bless us this day through all things, knowing full well that though we in our sin are incapable of saving ourselves. Lord, that you send your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us in your grace and, and lead us in your mercy. We pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yes, uh, Cafe uh, Hope uh, Spring Tejas is uh, treating you well. Uh, but here in Park uh, life is good because God is good. We are blessed because of the eternal gift of Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today as well. Anyways, all right, kicking in, Genesis 10. Again, interesting note, friends. Uh, Genesis 10 is a... Uh, when when we speak chrono- chronologically, this is before the dispersion uh, of chapter 11. So this is a story before or after... Uh, The Lord says, come, let us go down in chapter 11 and and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. That is Genesis 11. If you have your Bible out, please have it out. Not if, but please have your Bible out. Not please, but you should have your Bible out. (laughs) Anyways, so... Uh, Verse 7, come let us go down, and there confuse our language so that they might not understand one another's speech. Now that is chapter 11, but here in chapter 10 we talk about Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and and how their family line was to go out in their own language, in their own land, and in their own nation. This is a preview of what is to come after the Tower of Babel. So just remember that as we read this. Um, And we'll see that marker... In verse twenty-five of chapter ten, when Peleg, oh yeah, oh darn, I have to read all these names. There's a lot of names in chapter ten. Anyways, uh, where Peleg in cha- uh, verse twenty-five, um, uh, it, it hints at it to a bear, which is the Hebrews were born to two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, who who, for in his day the earth was divided. That is the picture of what is to come in eleven verse. <clears throat> seven, right? And eight. All right. So, genealogies. Now, do you have a genealogy? I'm assuming you do. Some way, and I'm not asking you if you search your genealogy, which is a different story, but everyone has a genealogy, and our genealogy tells a story. Uh, I, know, I know in the movie Quiz Show, 1994, Ray, Ray finds, um, isn't it? Really wonderful movie. I know I've been hyping it up for the last week or two. But there was a scene in the movie where uh, the the main character is troubled by his conscience for what he had done. And his father would tell him, "Um, this is the name to which you are representing. So what you do is representing our family name. And, you know, as I was watching the movie, it reminded me of genealogy. Of the name to which we are derived from, right? And here we see uh, the name to which, well, uh, is to come to us in Japheth, Ham, and Shem as they are enlisted here in Genesis chapter 10. Names mean a lot. They represent a lot. And at the end of the day, your name is under the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the name to which you were, that's right, baptized into. Right? That is the name to which you live under, and we're going to talk about that. I'm, not, I'm going out of order today. See, it always comes out differently when I, when I teach him on separate days. But, anyways, but here we see the name to which, uh, and we'll get back to the name, but okay, well, let's just kick in. All right, uh, let's read this together. Uh, Genesis chapter 10. These are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. Okay, so uh, these are the generations. Again, simply put, let's see, brown or green. God's daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, uh, maker of heaven and earth, right? This is how God, uh, this is how God, uh, what's the word? How he he provides in the 9-1 Genesis. If you could look back there, it says be fruitful and multiply and do what? Fill the earth right. Again, this goes back to what? Genesis I think it's Genesis. Uh, what, what is it exactly? Uh, let's look at there real quick, just to be exact. Genesis, when he calls Adam and Eve here <clears throat> Genesis 1:28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have the dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. So, Genesis 1.28. Again, repetition, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue the earth. So, we see from Genesis to the fall, Genesis 3, right? We, We see what? We, we, we see the fall, we see the fall of man, but yet the Lord still provides. We talked about it last week with the, uh, with the garments that they were to wear from the animal, sacrificed animal, a uh, foretelling uh, of what is to come in Christ. Uh, but now in Genesis 9, be fruitful and multiply again the grace of God through uh, the evil of man, the flood came, but yet he gives them another command. Daily bread, restoration, repopulation, and this is the story of how eventually would come the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, right? Um, so so genealogies are really important in terms of we're reminded that God creates and sustains and leads, but it's in these genealogies where God is also doing what? Apostles' Creed Article 2. See, I didn't even bring this out um, in, in my first time here. So if you're listening to this again, friends here at Faith Park, you know there's a lot of additives that come out here uh, that you did not see at Bible study yesterday. Um, so it's always um, great. So the second article of the Creed, in a sense of um, you know, the, the, the gift of redemption, right? Uh, that, that God is weaving his story of redemption throughout this genealogy. Now, a lot of times, as Luther would call it, um, as he says in his works... Um, when we look at genealogies in regards to genealogies, he would say, even though this 10th chapter is seemingly barren and appears to serve no purpose. And though we born after so many changes of kingdoms and peoples have nothing to say about the individuals who are mentioned here, we should nevertheless not pass over it in silence. When you look at a genealogy, maybe even your own family tree, you're like, that's a lot of names, right? Uh, How do we do this? Uh, how do we go about it? And it becomes very overwhelming. And I guarantee, you, when you look at the genealogies in chapter 10, you're like, okay, table of nations, what's the big deal? Okay, a lot of names, let's just pass over and get to the Tower of Babel, because that's a, that's a more, a far, interesting, more uh, far interesting story, right? Uh, but yet, when we look at the genealogy, uh, this actually plays a big role in what is the compost uh, uh, dispersing of the people and languages after the Tower of Babel. But ultimately, it shows the history of the world right so again we see the be fruitful and multiply god gives multiply uh in in chapter 10 as we see japheth ham and shem right all right so uh verse 2 here the sons of J- uh, japheth gomer um, magog madai uh javan tubal Meshach, and tiris the sons of gomer ashkenaz uh Riphoth and Togarma Togarma uh, the sons of Javan Elisha Tarshish Kittim and Donanim uh, from these the coastland people spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. Interestingly, if you have your Bible out, verse 5, verse 20, verse 31 are very similar in showing that the distinction between the sons, that they had their own languages, their own lands, and their own nations. Again, implying that this is after the fact of the Tower of Babel and the dispersing uh, to all the world. Right? But here we see in, uh, in Japheth, uh, clearly the picture of, and in, in, my, in our notes, and if you have a computer out there, which I'm assuming you are because you have YouTube, uh, Google a map of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their territories that were given, as we here see on my handout here. But it's important, I mean, it's just to give you a spatial understanding of it. But when we talk about uh, Japheth, uh, he is a picture of the north. Right, So everything north, um, let's say of, of the Middle East or Arabia of Africa, everything north, like modern day Europe, that area is surrounded by waters. They were considered the sea people, the coastland people, right, and, and many would see them as the Gentile uh, people, the the picture of the gentiles, and um, again, uh, these uh remember the curse of Ham, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, But here uh, with the Gentiles, we very well know uh, that um, they would be blessed, right? As we see, actually, if we review it right here. If you could turn back real quick uh, to to verse 25 of chapter 9. Cursed be Canaan, okay. Uh, Not okay, but cursed be Canaan. Uh, But here in verse 26, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be a servant. Again, Israel, Canaan. Overcoming Joshua, remember that? May God enlarge, in, may God enlarge J- Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem. And let Canaan be his servant. So again, there is a blessing here uh, with Japheth. Uh, that they too would, would be of Shem in a sense of uh, uh, taking over Canaan. And there they would have a blessing. Right? This is the story of the family line of Japheth. Uh, okay, continuing on here. The sons of Ham... Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. Verse 6. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havala, Saptah, Rama, and Sapteka. The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush, father Nimrod, he was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord... The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Echad, and uh, Kalneh in the land of Shinar. From that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, ir Kala, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala, that is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Neftuhim, Pathrusim, Kasluhim, and Kaftorim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hevites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvadites, the Zemarites, and the Hamathites. Afterward, the clans of Canaanites dispersed. And the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of uh, Gerar as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Arma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham by their clans, their languages, and their lands, and their nations. Now, I know, applaud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at those names, right? And uh, this is the picture of Ham. Don't be a Ham, they say and here we see the curse of him now canaan is the most notable also when we talk about canaan again a, a a picture of great idolatry right but yet on the surface a picture of great prosperity right i mean luther talks about this greatly but uh on the surface, they had everything: resources, trade, juggernauts, economic prosperity. They had all these things. Right? On the surface, everyone would look at wait, what do you mean cursed be Ham and his family line? How can Canaan be cursed when he has all this prosperity? Now, again, um, as as I take out my notes, uh Luther uh, would once say Canaan is the most famous of all because he occupied the kingdom that was given to the children of Israel later on. Little did they know what was to come in the overtaking by Joshua and all the Israelites. But yet, consider, however, what the lot of the true church in this world is. Ham is cursed by his father Noah, while Shem and Japheth are blessed. See that? Ham is cursed by his father Noah. We know the story, right? We, we talked about it last week. While Shem and Japheth are Blessed, but do not the historical events indicate the opposite? Ham was the master of the entire southern area, so mostly uh, uh, Af- you know the southern Africa and below uh, Libya, Egypt, all of that in, uh, in that territory, along with Canaan, of course, um, which again is of great multitude. Here, um, Ham was master of the entire southern area, the most excellent part of the world. So on the surface, it looked like this was the most excellent part of the world and that he had all all the things, yet, as Luther would say, the church, on the other hand, is subjected to afflictions in order to enable it to hold fast even more firmly to the eternal benefits and the true blessings. Now, just as a side note here, blessings, what does it mean that you are blessed? Why are you blessed? When someone says, I am blessed, what does that mean? Well... From the eye level, the southern area was the most excellent place. Of course, uh, when we look at him, oh, he is blessed. But when we look at Shem and Japheth, the, the ones that would take over Canaan, of course, uh, may your tribe be enlarged in Shem. Uh, as it says in verse uh, chapter 9, if you could turn back there, verse 26, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant they would ultimately be blessed. Family line. What's that true blessing? Jesus. Right? This is the true blessing. On the surface, prosperity, true blessing, Shem and Japheth, line of Christ, the overtaking of Canaan. Right? This is the promise of God. And friends, I, you are blessed because the blood of Christ covers you. That is your blessing. That death has lost its sting and the salvation story has been accomplished for each and every one of you by your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right? This is your blessing. This is, see, a lot of people in this world will say, what? Oh, no, no, you're blessed because of all these material things, of all the circumstances, of all the, you know, uh, the, 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 the elevation of pride, uh, social status. Uh, Your prosperity, that's why you're blessed. No, you're blessed because death has lost its sting. You are forgiven of all your sins. And Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who came to die for sinners. That is why you are blessed. And this is the picture uh, of what is in this genealogy, of what is a blessing, and also what is a curse. When in this world, it's the other way, isn't it? I mean, the world uh, uh, thinks that uh, Christianity is a great... Uh, they're against Christianity, right? The world is. But yet, when it comes to the things of this material world, how a blessing it is uh, to the ways of the fallen eyes of man. And and this is the picture, you guys, right? I mean, on the surface, as Luther was saying, the most excellent place, the southern area. And many would call this blessed, but rather it was a curse all along because this uh, Canaan would be taken over. Sorry, I'm yelling again. Am I yelling? little bit right (laughs) anyways but this is the picture you guys of uh, of that blessing and a curse and i want you to remember that because the devil will always tell you no this is a curse this is a curse suffering you don't want any part of it it's a sign of weakness you know god is not with you the devil says no in this in our suffering right it always points us to not only our sin and, and the reminder of what came into the world and, and the consequences that manifest itself through sin, but also the suffering of Christ and what he has done for us at Calvary. And, and who has given us the comfort of life, forgiveness, and salvation. So remember that. Your blessing, you are blessed. You are blessed. Right now, you're listening to this. Uh, you all out there, you are blessed because Jesus covers the multitude of your sin. That's your blessing, number one. Number two, number three, it is your blessing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Anyways, all right. And I promise to keep this under 35 minutes, so let's get at it. All right, so southern area, uh, and now we're going eastward to the now present day Middle East um, and Asia area. And and here we see uh, the story of the Shemites, verse twenty-one, to Shem, also the father of all children of Abar, um, the elder brother of Japheth. Children were born. The sons of Shem: Elam, Ashur, Arpachshad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram: Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arpachshad fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Abair. To Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. That's the that's the chapter 11 reference to how the world was come let us down and confused our language, right? So this was that moment in the time of Peleg. And his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan fathered Almodad, Shelef, Hazar, Maveth, Jerah, Hadoram, Uzal, Dekla, Obal, Ibameel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and jobab All these were the sons of Joktan. The territory in which they live extended from Misha in the direction of Sefar to the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem. By their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Again, when we look at Shem, the last one, he is to go over. Now, Shem was the oldest. Now, when you're the oldest, in this genealogy, what should be the proper order? Shem should have went first. But the question is, why did he go last? What do you guys think? Why did he go last? You know, you know. to be honest, I'm, I'm a last child in my family. That's right. But I was the king of hand-me-downs. I always got the last. But Shem was the first. He's not the king of hand-me-downs. He he should be first in line. Why was he mentioned last in his family line? You know, when we look at the writer here, very uh, clearly, um, this is a climactic moment where we are shown the foundation to which all things rest. That Shem is the foundation of all things of where everything rests. And and here, um, though he was the firstborn, here we see the will of God. Again, Jesus is what? Jesus is the cornerstone, right? And as the foundation of our faith, Shem is a line to which Jesus would come. And this is the picture through all things. There the undergirding of all things is the promise see Jesus Christ ever since Genesis three fifteen. Right? There is something to say about our foundation is that we rest upon the rock. Of our confession that Jesus is the Christ. Who do you say that I am? And here we see that picture. Right? Through all things, what is happening here is God is weaving his story, the salvation story, through the foundation of Shem as it would become the Christ who would die for the sins of the world. Right? So, from oldest to youngest would be Shem, Japheth, And then Ham. So Shem should have been up here, but he is down here because he is uh, there, the true blessing, as it would point to Jesus, the cornerstone. Interesting, right? I mean, you know, as we go through this genealogy, I know we could have taken the time to go through every name in their history, but I think when you just look at it this way, there's a lot going on here because at the end of the day, what do you see, my friends? That's right, you see Jesus. This is all I see through this all, is God working in this plan. Think about that. All the dominoes falling in the right and perfect way. Now, were all these people perfect? No, they were sinners, right? But even through all things, their God would work to bring us the fruition of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. All this genealogy is pointing to Jesus. And here we see the grace of God abound as He continues to sustain them, uh, leading them in these generations, and ultimately leading them to the promised seed ever since the beginning in Genesis 3:15 of Jesus Christ. Right So there's a lot to this genealogy. It's not just a gobbly group of names and difficult names to say and pronounce, but this is where God is working to bring us to, uh, closer to uh, the fruition of Christ, and there He would come eventually through this Shem uh, through. Uh, the Abrahamic line through a the Hebrews, of course, um, and, and through uh, ultimately Jesus, the, the true blessing. All right. Uh, Tower of Babel. Now we're kicking in. Um, yes. So conclusion, verse 32. Again, picture wise. These are the clans of the sons of Noah. According to their genealogies, nations uh, spread around abroad on the earth and after the flood. So, as far as Persia, to as far as Ethiopia, that is south, uh, to far north as Anatolia, um, and as far west as Crete, here we see the territories being sent out as the genealogies would spread. And it reminds us again that God's plan of rescue and restoration is at hand, ultimately not only in the repopulating of the earth, but in the fruition of Christ. Jesus is here, weaving his story in these early times to become the flesh, to become man, to die for the Savior, to the sins of the world. And this is the picture. All right, Genesis 11. Now we're going back to the one, well, why don't we read it? Now the whole earth had one language and the same word. So, again, from from chapter 10, they had different languages and different lands and and different clans. Here they had one language and and same words. Now, again, what did the Lord command them in Genesis 9-1? He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That is what they were called to do. That was the command for Shem, Ham, and Japheth, wasn't it? Um, But yet, we know the story as... They had one language, but there from that one language, they would be spread, dispersed. And as we look at the the world today, how many different languages do we have, right? And, And there we see the story of our history from one language to many, all by the Tower of Babel. All right. Verse 2, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And this is the region of Mesopotamia, kind of like close to, near present-day Iraq. And um, here uh, they would rest uh, from Ararat, they would go, um, and and there, uh, in one language, uh, they would rest at Shinar. So present-day Iraq. Now, uh, verse three and four is what I really want to pinpoint here in the last uh, nine minutes here, which hopefully we can do. So bear with me. Nine more minutes, right? Nueve uh, minutos más, por favor. Right here with me, uh, with El Pastor um, de Moore Park. Uh, not of Moore Park, but Pastor Jung here. <laughs> but verse three, um, and they said to one another. Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Yes, these were all little clever Richard Dean Andersons from MacGyver, right? They, 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 uh, <laughs> they, they knew how to build things. They, they were very smart and clever. They. This was the first mention of bricks and mortar and and bitumen, right? Um, and, and this is. Um, entitled, Oh So Clever. What was their downfall here? That in their own cleverness, what happened? They forgot, Genesis 9-1. They foregoed this call. And in their own intelligence, in their own cleverness, they said, well, we're going to do our will rather than God's will. We're going to fulfill our words our desires, are wants, because this is better than what God has called us to do in Genesis 9-1, and that is to fill the earth. Right? And they were saying in their own cleverness, we have a better idea. We have a better method or strategy. And here we see uh, how disturbing this is from Herberger. Uh, Those clever people wanted to make their building able to withstand any kind of rain. It is disturbing that the children of the world can be so clever. But the good thing is that God holds all their cleverness in the palm of his hand and can put it to shame with his own wisdom. That's the thing, you know, uh, how clever can we be? In our fallen state of sin, can our intelligence uh, supersede God? And the answer is absolutely not. See, the idolatry of our own cleverness is real, and we see it right here, right? Come, let us. That means we, we're smarter than God. We, we don't need his word. Come, let us do this. Let's build this tower. Now, some commentators would say uh, they were building it to, to, to prevent another flood loss, that by another flood, let's say, uh, uh, they could save themselves from this towering building. But that's not the case, because as we see in the next verse, they had a different motivation. Um, But in their cleverness, nonetheless, they were uh, turning from God and his word, right? And trust me, you you might say how foolish, but but you and I both know how in our own wisdom, we can idolize that as well. Do you see it? Trusting in yourself. You know, when we talk about uh, 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 the first commandment, uh, to fear, love, and trust God above all things. Of course, uh, we, we, we are aware of our idols, but I think the one idol that we sometimes forget is ourselves, right? And, and, and our own uh, human strength and wisdom. Remember, Apostles Creed Article 3, I cannot by my own human reason or strength, right? Right? Uh, this is a reminder that w- we cannot, But yet, in their wisdom, they said, I couldn't live without God's word. I can live on my own will. I'm smart. I'm wise. I'm strong. I am able. I'm self-sufficient. I'm self-reliant. I can do this myself. This is what was going on in their hearts and minds. Oh, so clever, they thought. But what they should have been thinking is, we are foregoing the omniscient words of God. God is all-powerful, yet we know better. I mean, that's the plight of man, isn't it? Do you see it in your life? I think every not a day goes by where we trust in ourselves more than God, right? Now, do we desire uh, to, or do we strive and pray and, 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 and turn? Uh, yes, but in our sinful nature, we know uh, that we, we do fall into our sin. We, we do trust in our own cleverness, right? Um, and, and this is the plight of man, clearly. Let us, right? We're taking the control. We're going to be the captain of the ship. Anyways, okay, so this is kind of where it was leading, right? Don't you see the cleverness of man leads on this road of destruction. It's evolving into, and that's what sin does. It just digs its grave, shovel, scoop after scoop, shovel after, dig after dig, right? It's just building or digging out its own grave uh, through their own cleverness. And little did they know what this would be. Now, Verse 4, the plight of man. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. So come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with a top to the heavens. Right? Look at that. Top to the heavens. Um. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed. Again, lest we be dispersed. Now, this is a direct contradiction to what the Lord called them to do, to disperse. Right? It is in their own cleverness that their their sin did what? Let us make a name for ourselves. Name. Genealogy. Remember, names We see the connection here, right? The name to which brought them out from the flood, right, was was the Lord. The name to which they would soon in the future uh, escape from the slavery of Egypt would be by the name of the Lord who would split the Red Sea and, and lead them to the promised land, right? The name that would rescue them yet All in the same time, they would rebel, they would complain, uh, because they desired to live under their own name. The Tower of Babel shows us the blueprint of our sin, doesn't it? The name, what is your name? What is your name? I asked you earlier that. And though we very well know, as we start every service on Sunday in the Divine Service, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the reminder of the baptismal grace that He has bestowed upon us by His love and His mercy, uh, through that very word in the water, wrapping us in His righteousness, that is the name to which we live. Yet, the tension is what? I want to live by my own name because oh so clever I am. Let us make a name for ourselves, right? The name, what is that? That always points to our own pride, arrogance, me first, as little God self-reliance, right? Self-trust, oops, I wrote self-trust, self-reliance. And here we see all of it rooted in our sinful nature. Let us make a name for ourselves. I mean, that's the greatest temptation is our own pride. And this is what they were falling to. All right. From Luther. When they are puffed up by success, they suppose that they are sitting on God's lap. And in their greatest self-reliance, they have the audacity to do anything they please. This is the plight of man. I'm so clever. I'm in God's lap. And I can do anything that I please. And this is what they were doing. All the meanwhile, Genesis 9-1. Forgetting that. And going on their own way. See, be be vigilant, folks. And be aware of what's really happening. Because we know pride and self-trust, self-reliance. That's like breathing. It's so easy to do. But here we are in the word as it unfurls the reality before us in our sinful flesh. And there we realize, as our own little gods, this would lead to a scattering, to what God had intended to fill the earth. And again, God's mercy, God's grace, are continuing to lead them. Again, as we look at this picture of the genealogy, at the end of the day, what weaves this story is Jesus the cornerstone. Right through this whole picture, The genealogy to the Tower of Babel, which we will talk more about next week. It is all about Jesus and what he has come to do. And this is a a great reminder to us that in our plight, there Jesus is. Not with self-trust, not with self-reliance, not with pride, not with me first. But for you he came. As he was laid low. As he put you first to sacrifice to stand in your place, to not trust in man, but rather uh, to be in the Father as one, to be obedient, right, to rely on God and His promises as you is led to be the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right? This is the name, Jesus, for He will save people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one, and this is what Jesus brings to the table. So remember that this day, friends. A lot of stuff here. Enjoy it. Receive it. I know it's time. 41 minutes. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Bless us, O Lord, in this very word. Lord, that through this genealogy, you have weaved to us the story of salvation. Thank you, O Lord, for your continued grace and mercy as as, as you lead us in the hope and the trust of your your Son, our Savior's uh, finished work in his death and resurrection. Bless us, O Lord, this day. Grant us your great blessing, and through all things, O Lord, bless us in your name. For all these things, we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, we did it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for learning. Thank you for just being you. Love you all. Until next time. This is Pastor Young here at Faith Lutheran Church in Park. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Until next time, adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.